they were lost, and the blizzard did no favors for Micah, who had been appointed to lead the party following their short respite in Brinshander. They secured a room at the North Look Inn, reunited with their ally Jorora at the House of the Morning Lord, and before even spending the night in town, they were back out in the wilderness once more, all in the same fashion as when they arrived in Bremen, by her recall. It started out simply enough. While at the inn, celebrating reunion, the group was approached by three stocky individuals in cold weather garb. Well met. I'm Haruna, and these are my friends, Korax and Storn. We need help, and you look capable. Hardly, Micah thought, given their current circumstances. What should have been a clear trek without interruption had turned into a snowstorm, impeding their path, harassing them with every fresh bootprint against the earth. It was with good wisdom they had stopped by Black Iron Blades to pick up a fresh set of winter gear, and ironic that it was for that very storefront they were out here. We're the survivors of a group of dwarves tasked with delivering a sled of iron ingots to Brinshander, Karuna had explained to them at the tavern. A yeti surprised us, and now we need someone to go back and get the sled for us. Sure, they figured. As heroes, it would do well to endear themselves to the local dwarves of Icewind Dale. It was a shame that the Dale itself seemed to fight them at every turn. Before Micah could turn back to her friends to discuss their way forward up the slopes towards Kelvin's cairn, a wind swept across the land, buffeting her. When she steadied herself, her allies were gone, not but the feverish weather visible against the empty darkness of the endless rhyme. She reached into the folds of her robe to retrieve a polished stone bearing the sigil of an orc tribe. Micah had encountered them along the long path from her homeland, Mulhorund, and as a blessing, when they parted, she was given this artifact that contained the spirit of an ancient war chief. She spoke the invocation to the stone for the first time since receiving it, unsure of the outcome to follow. The form of a proud leader materialized before her, a warrior of hope to his people long past. The visage of taut muscles seemed somehow frail against the incessant winds, fragments making a ghost from the ether. All too present, yet somehow apart. Who summons Vogar the Eyebiter? Oh, great warrior, Micah began, then bowed. I have need of your assistance. My allies and I have become separated in this storm. And I would ask you to help guide me back to them. The war chief turned to look across the sheeted earth, gazing as if the turbulent weather was a mild nuisance. After a few moments passed, his eyes turned skyward, and he set off the same direction. This way said, and walked through the blizzard undeterred from his path.
wow uh yeah it uh it took longer to get back to this than i expected uh if anything i haven't even run D for the past few months i did some delta green which is a um modern day cosmic horror game and that's a load of fun i really enjoy playing that one i think i'll probably talk about it at some point Mostly, though, my group's been playing the Alien RPG that came out from Free League Publishing, with one of the players running the Destroyer of Worlds campaign. It came with everything out of the box you need to play it, so I definitely recommend checking out that adventure if you're interested at all in the game itself, Alien RPG. We finished it up last week, and it was really good. I I liked it. From what my friend was telling me, it seems a bit uh, scattered through its structure, like of the adventure itself. But um, it was a good time, and I think if you want to get Alien RPG played, but not necessarily like a whole campaign, um, it's it's solid. I think uh, actually one of my other group's friends, he's going to run it too, and um, so we'll see how that goes. I might, I might end up talking to both of them, um, depending on how it all uh, turns out. <clears throat> uh, but speaking of adventures, though, let's talk about Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. When we last left off, the group was fully reunited in Brinshander. The player who previously couldn't be there, Jorora, was found at the Temple of Lathander in town, or uh, a monitor, as the priest who occupies the temple calls them. Uh, so the party, uh, they were set to go ahead and get back to adventuring. First, they stopped by a general goods store in town, Black Iron Blades, run by a dwarven brother, Sister Pear. They picked up a few sets of winter gear, which would prove to be an immediately worthwhile investment, and something the adventure notes that you should encourage the party to take as well, given the particular uh, weather <laughs> of Icewind Dale, not even during this current uh, time period. After settling down at the North Look Inn, they were approached by a trio of dwarves who were traveling from Kelvin's Cairn, not too far to the north of town. They were crossing open ground with a sled of ingots to deliver to Black Iron Blades, funny enough, but were accosted by a yeti along their route. Um, again, my group surprised me here, and were eager to jump at the chance for another adventure. They let John, uh, very able, the human paladin, stay behind at the inn to see if he could find any information about the unifying NPC I mentioned a couple episodes uh, ago that exists in all their backgrounds. In other words, the players... Uh, that player couldn't make it to the next session, but we figured we'd go ahead and play anyway without them. I've never been a big fan of the character present with player absent mindset or style, as I probably mentioned before or demonstrated in some capacity. It's been, it's been a while. Uh, I generally don't like taking over for a player character. First, because in roleplay scenarios, I feel like I'm speaking for somebody else's interpretation of their creation. And while I like to do right by my friends and players, that doesn't mean I'll always do as they intend or desire. Second, if there's a combat encounter, I feel like I already got enough going on and throwing another layer on top of my management is um, less than desirable. I, I think that's, that's an okay way to put it. So I've come up with my alternative that I do, which is putting the character in some kind of stasis separate from the party. Um, and perhaps have a short adventure to run for them next time they're back at the table. In John's case, the idea of staying in town and conducting some research came a little later than the current session, uh, but stuff like that's easy to do um, later on. The character stays in town, maybe gathers some camping supplies, uh, keeps an, ear, uh, an eye on the rear while exploring the dungeon. There's 
countless things you can come up with if they just aren't present for a session. The Dungeon Master's Guide for 5e helps with this too. There's a number of downtime activities listed that they could engage in to um, add a bit more depth to their spare time. Maybe they pick up a gambling habit and lose all their gold. Um, better yet, you could ask your player what they'd like their character to do in their absence. I know this doesn't work for every campaign or Dungeon Master, but if you're like me, perhaps one of these you'll find useful. Or maybe you could just hand off running the character to another player, so you don't need to worry about adjusting the encounter difficulty on the fly. Out into the wilderness, the rest of the group heads, though. Uh, Jorora, Tevesk, Tessa, and Micah at the head of the group. Using the rules described in the adventure, I rolled for a weather condition. Um, they were only level 2 at this point, and I wasn't looking to knock them over with a random encounter yet. But it is nice the book has separate tables depending on how far out on the map the party wishes to venture. For now, though, their greatest foe proved to be a sudden blizzard. At least, it likely wouldn't have been then. I rolled to see if the weather would get inclement, and then they rolled to see if they ended up getting separated. Both of these things happened. Micah found herself separated from the rest of the group, so I had her attempt a few rolls to find them. Again, no luck. It was one of those low rolls kind of night. Uh, it was then the player turned to her secret that she had received from the start of the campaign. The secrets being little uh, traits that you can give to players before the session even begins, before the adventure begins, to add a little uh, flavor behind the scenes um, about the reasons they could be there or other things happening to them. Um, for Micah, she had a stone capable of summoning an orc warchief spirit, good for three uses. Given that she had come to this place across the Sea of Fallen Stars and half of the continent to get here, it wasn't uh, much of a stretch to think she'd come across this tribe that would give it to her uh, along her path. So she used this item and brought forth Vokara the Eyebiter to help guide her to her friends. Now, there isn't really anything in the books to say that Vokara would be able to reunite the group, but I always want to encourage outside-the-box thinking from players. It's definitely not a solution I would have come up with. With this task fulfilled, um, or with his task fulfilled, Vakara's spirit disappeared back into the stone, and the group headed towards their intended destination. This time, a bit more cautious uh, about how they prepare to go out into uh, a place where things like this just kind of happen all of a sudden. <laughs> they found the site uh, that was described by the dwarf Runa, with their dead ally in the snow and Yeti Prince. However, their task wasn't to avenge the fallen, simply to retrieve the sled of ingots. Um, that was not present either, but there were sled tracks leading eastward from their current position across the um, sloping plain descending towards Lacandinishare. They followed the tracks for a couple of hours and eventually caught up with the current possessors of the sled, a group of goblins, and further ahead um, there were more on a large wagon pulled by a couple polar bears. Perhaps they acted in haste, but the following moments produced um, great results, as far as they could tell. Since they wanted to engage the goblins, I gave them a surprise round, um, especially since they succeeded on sneaking up at them, and the goblins were more occupied with uh, just getting to some kind of navigable road to head back to their place where they reside. Um, so uh, I, I gave them a surprise round. Um, and things went in their favor, so I didn't bother with initiative either. 
uh, Tvesk, the Hobgoblin Wizard, cast a sleep spell and rolled well enough to put all but one of the goblets uh, pulling the ingot sled down. Um, and the last was killed by a well-placed shot from Tessa's bow. I don't think it was intentional, but I feel like with magic and ranged attacks, that's how it always seems to go. The group took control of the sled and bargained with the goblin leader Izabai, who held her ground atop the bear-drawn wagon. She gave them the ingots in exchange for her kin's lives rather than risk the rest of her crew at the hands of adventurers capable of knocking them all down without their notice. She didn't want her story to end out here in the middle of nowhere, either. And just like that, the players had their quarry, and headed back to Bryn Shander. In this moment of victory, we even had some good old-fashioned uh, inter-party banter, them debating exactly who would be pushing the sled all the way back to town. Whoever it would be, Tessa had no intention of it being her. I feel like this may have been when the personality of the personalities of the party members began to shine as well, but we can save talking about that more next time. Your players will bloom into their character as much or as little as they wish, but moments like these are always to be treasured. We'll pick up next time with their return to the capital of Ten Towns, so I guess uh, main city, the closest thing they have to a capital, um, as well as what John got up to during his stay in town. Like I was saying before, it's been a few months since we even met to play this campaign, so I'm not sure how much more or uh, how many more episodes I'll be able to make about Rime of the Frostmaiden, but I'll keep this up um, until I can't, I figure. As always, feel free to contact me on the socials at DMDC Podcast, or you can send an email to dmdiscoursepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like it, tell a friend or two to check it out. Love y'all. Have a great week.